The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You. Me? Have you? Yeah, you. Do you suck at painting miniatures? Oh, man, I can't ever get the colors right with my big sausage fingers. I knew it, you freaking loser. Well, do you have an idea for a character, but you just can't find it online to represent your character in the game? Yeah, that happens to me sometimes, too. What are you mean? Shut up. All right, so you can go to HeroForge.com slash RPGBot, and they will give you your character that you can design design yourself and they'll also paint it for you whoa so you can level up from loser like this guy over here to actual hero don't forget to get free plastic dice with coupon code rpgbot at checkout Welcome to the RPGBot.News. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kempstra. Hi, everybody. And Ash Eli. I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> all right. I suppose we all know why we're here today. That's right. We're going to talk about the D&D movie. That's right. We sure are. Yep. Wait. No, we, we really are? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've waited all this time. It, uh, it finally happened. Doesn't that it's... feel weird? It's yeah. finally happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I, okay. apparently it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, don't you say those words. Not until you've seen it. <laughs> Look, it's it, it's in theaters. People have seen the final cut. It's coming. There are good opinions about it. I don't think they can mess it up now. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to learn some awful things about Chris Pine. Like that's... Oh. Oh, don't put that evil no. on us, Randall. Come on. No, why would you say that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The whole cast is beautiful. Everything's great, and we're going to love the it's whole like thing. It's like one of the only Chris's in Hollywood that is just unabashedly good. <laughs> but there's so many Chris's. He that knows. True. Yeah. He does. <laughs> it's Captain Kirk. <laughs> well, so it wouldn't be RPG Bot. Well, it wouldn't be the RPG Bot podcast without a long navel gazing look into the past. Let's jump at our Wayback Machine. Let's talk about all... <laughs> Real quick, let's talk about all the all of the uh, previous Dungeons & Dragons movies. So, guys, have you seen either of these? Sorry, nope. either. Have you seen any of these three movies? I have not. I, I haven't, and you're going to give that context, right? Because I think there's a lot of people at home where it's like, no, there's never been a D&D movie. I'd be aware if there was a D&D there's movie. There's been several. Now, uh, is this... By D and D movie, are you referring to the awful one with Tom Hanks, where he can't separate fact from reality? No, 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 no. no. That's uh, what Tunnels Monsters and, and Mazes. Are... That's the one. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, these are official, licensed by Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragons movies. <laughs> oh, that's so great! Like, yeah, Pat, Pat Noswalt has a great skit about like 
people who write a really bad screenplay and then put it in front of someone else and they agree to it. Like somebody's like, no, you had me already. We're going to make a movie out of this. <laughs> I mean, that's oh. the entire premise of uh, a pitch meeting on YouTube where Ryan George <laughs> just pitches really bad scripts. And the guy's like, you had me at the first <laughs> sentence. Uh, apparently i've got some some uh, watching to do yes it's great <laughs> right. so first movie year 2000 dungeons and dragons the movie now this is literally it comes out two months before the third edition player's handbook so like this is the end of the advanced dungeons and dragons era gary gygax picked up his family from Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, moved them to Hollywood to try and make this happen for like 15 years. Whoa. And at this point, he was no longer involved with uh, TSR or Wizards of the Coast. But it finally happened. Uh, a lot of people tried really, really hard, finally got this movie made. Jeremy Irons was in it. And that is the nicest thing anyone can say about that movie. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so <laughs> terrible. I know like normally when I look back at the past and be like, ah, there's some rough spots here. I can find some redeeming qualities. I rewatched this movie to prepare for this episode and it was worse than I remember. Oof. Like you can go back and watch it and be like, wow, this was definitely made in the year 2000. Uh, if you go on Wikipedia and look at the section about the uh, reception of the movie, you will agree with all the criticisms. Uh, like there, there's a couple of fun bits in there. Like the party, uh, starts out as a group of thieves, which feels very, very, uh, reminiscent isn't the right word. Prescient. Like, what do you uh, mean? And we'll tell you the word you mean. All right. The new movie is called honor among thieves. Ah, uh, yes. okay. <laughs> that would be, yeah. that would be prescient. Yes. Okay, cool. I didn't fail English vocabulary. Mm. Good. No. Um, yeah. So like there's some or... thievery. There's a dungeon. There are so many dragons. Uh, Jeremy Irons, the main antagonist. Well, Jeremy Irons has a sidekick with blue lipstick the entire movie. No I idea. Why. Yep. Nah, that's solid. I want to, I want to say a thing here. You put in the show notes that you want us to uh, explain the concept of set. Do you not know what set chewing is? I, I feel like someone tried to explain it to me once and it went in one ear and out the other, but Jeremy Irons, his performance in this movie has been described to me as set chewing. So and I don't get it. Set chewing comes from, uh, that old, uh, Hulk movie. The one that was made by, um, uh, the guy who did broke. No, the guy who did broke back, who directed broke back mountain. Okay. Well, anyway, him, it was before the MCU was a thing. It was with, um, uh, Ed, Nor Ed Norton. No, it wasn't with Ed Norton. It was pre with, uh, pre Ed oh, Norton. Bana. Pre no, Eric yeah, Bana. Eric Bana. Yeah, Eric Bana. Uh, that's the one. Uh, bad CGI. His father is like the villain or whatever, and uh, I believe it was Gary Busey. And Gary Busey literally chewed the set. Like at one point, he takes some <laughs> wires and pour puts them into his mouth and bites on it. And there's a famous scene where he's doing that, and he just like screams. <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's what that's where the terms chewing the set came from. It's basically a person just really going off the rails and just like really just out there ridiculous big movements, big sort of acting choices. Another example would be Nicolas Cage in like 
any movie. Um, <laughs> or or Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Like, the, okay. you know, I'll, I'll just really weird out there performances that are entertaining to watch simply because of how crazy they are. Okay, I do want to make one small correction. Um, I think some people do argue that this came from Gary Busey eating the set in one of the Hulk movies we've all forgotten. <laughs> I do want to let you know that the Random House Historical Dictionary of American Slang uh, says that uh, it was first used by Mary Hallockfoot in Cour de Lane in 1894. Okay, that may be the official answer, but I will go with the Gary Busey eating the, eating the, <laughs> the wires every single day. Uh. <laughs> all right well i'm not going to drag you guys through everything i wrote down for this but uh all of the patreon folks check the ad free feed and you'll get the full outline with all of my uh spicy takes uh all right. yeah okay. they are they are spicy for sure. <laughs> so yeah. big big takeaway uh -huh. is uh jeremy irons mm -hmm. is an actor and somebody paid him money to be in this movie <laughs> they sure did and the um, only other part we need to know is Sidekick had blue lips. Yeah. Jeremy Hines, Sidekick had blue lips. Sounds yep. like a winner to me. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, Tyler. That sounds like a great freaking movie. Just the fact that's the one thing we're going to highlight. <laughs> foreshadowing. Could be foreshadowing. Let's see. Hey, I don't know. It sure could be. All right. So let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons 2, Wrath of the Dragon God. Ooh. So this one came out uh, several years after the first one. It was, if I remember right, released on the sci-fi channel and then, but otherwise like straight to DVD. So no theatrical release, which after how poorly received the first one was no surprise there. Um, it is still, in my opinion, the best of the trilogy. Oh, do explain. Uh, let's see. So, so the first one is very much like, this is a fantasy story with D and D trappings. The third one is very much, this is D and D trying to be a movie. This one is very much like, this is a story that feels like I'm telling it in D and D told reasonably well. The special effects are admittedly very cheap. The plot isn't super interesting, but you know, there's some high points. There's some low points. There's some good gags. Uh, and it, it feels very much like a yeah it feels like a dnd &D game all right so not a lot happening in the story but a few good laughs and a few sad moments so it sounds yeah. like every campaign i've ever run mm -hmm. yeah pretty much okay good just check exactly <laughs> it, it, it's like a warm blanket um so so this one was and i didn't realize this until literally today this one was actually written as a sequel to the first one mr blue lips from the first movie comes back as the villain in the second movie is his that name is Mr. Mr. Blue Lips? No, his name is uh, Damodar. Oh, damn. I wish they had just called him Mr. Blue Lips. <laughs> that would have been amazing. That would have been it an amazing been. villain. I would have loved that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Damodar, owner of the Damsdale Damodome. Um. <laughs> Wait, is that... <laughs> no. What? <laughs> I, look, I, I watched the first movie and halfway through that popped into my head. Has not stopped. Now you two are cursed with this knowledge. One more oh my time. God. Do it one more time. <laughs> yeah, do it Damodar. <laughs> Damodar, owner of the Damsdale Damodome. Yes. Yes. You should have written that. You should have written that movie. That would have been great. Mr. Blips or that. And he introduces himself with that phrase every single time. But everybody just calls him Mr. Blue Lips and doesn't take him seriously. No, it's Damodar. I would have watched that movie. 
in a heartbeat. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> well, hey, there's still time. And as far as I know, everyone who could le- legally own the rights to this movie is dead. So Fantastic. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. So the movie happens. The first character death is the cleric. So things immediately go downhill for the party. Um, this one was set like in the third edition era. So there are some like three O specific jokes like the wizards familiar dies. Everyone in the party laughs raucously except the wizard because the wizard realizes that in third edition, when your familiar dies, you lose experience points permanently. Yeah. So, so the wizard just has this like, oh, I've made a terrible mistake look and everybody else is just laughing like, why did she send the pigeon? So I was thinking 5e rules and 5e, tell me if I'm wrong, it would just cost me a lot of money, right? Like time. 10 gold pieces. A lot of money. <laughs> so I was like, I was ready to laugh with you and it's like, yeah, just lose this experience. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that is awful. Yeah. <laughs> It's like half the theater is sitting there. It's like the uh, people who know people who don't know meme. <laughs> yeah. Except for the people, the people who don't know are just confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's a good chuckle worthy scene. Like uh, go watch the movie. Uh, Wait, really? We'll come back. We'll come back. People to trust your opinion. Uh, look, watch it while drunk. I. <laughs> and uh, so the first one sets up a sequel that never happens the second one is a completely different sequel not the sequel the first one set up the second one also sets up a sequel similarly never happens but there is a third D movie D D3 book of vile darkness Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> wait okay th- if i'm doing my math right this is the right era mm-hmm. that we could have gotten D D3 D in 3d did it happen Oh, it did not. Um, it was also Why? released straight to DVD. So like, didn't many even... missed opportunities with this trilogy. Why even bother? Yeah, I, like, know, I mean, right? it wasn't. It wasn't even released on television. Like, it wasn't widely distributed. Uh, so it was directed by the same guys. The second movie, much smaller budget. Again, <laughs> it like. It was set in the fourth edition era. There are some 4E mechanics jokes partway through the movie that are incredibly jarring when you hear them. And it really feels like they just filmed somebody doing a LARP. Like it, they kill Lightning a dragon. Bolt. Lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It, it is not fantastic. The story is a little bit forced and uh, the protagonists win at the end of the movie with basically the power of friendship. It sure was a Wait, movie. Is this Dungeons and Dragons or Final Fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like literally they get to the end. Let's see. Main protagonist joins a party of evil adventurers to go on this adventure to figure out where they're making the book of vile darkness so he can rescue his dad. Goes to rescue his dad, and his dad's like, What happened to you? And he's like, Well, I started as a lawful good paladin, and some stuff happened to me. And then Right as they're about to lose, he's like, hey, no, I remember. I'm a good guy. And then Paylor, God of the Sun, steps in and says, hey, I like you just enough to let you do this. The power of friendship. I think this is Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might be. Man, I don't know. Uh, an evil guy turned good, and then you beat a god <laughs> with the power of friendship. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So the movies aren't great. Um, uh, I noticed like, as I looked back at the three movies, all three of the protagonists, like the, the main central appears on the title or appears on the cover of the DVD case. 
Uh, they all have the same haircut, despite being different actors spread across eight years. Um, if you put them next to each other in a lineup, you would assume that it's a Brendan Fraser like lookalike contest. None of them are winning. Uh, yeah, like I, I went back and watched them. I kind of enjoyed them for what they are. Um, so if you are interested in going back and watching these movies, uh, I've done the research for you. Uh, the first one is available streaming on Amazon Prime and like one or two other places. And this is this is all legal options, like legal options. It is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, the second D&D movie, about 50 percent of streaming services will acknowledge that it exists. None of them have it. And the other streaming services do not acknowledge it that it exists. So the only legal way to watch it is if you can get a physical copy. The third movie not available on any streaming service almost no one acknowledges that it exists and definitely can only get it on a physical copy and the uh the the terrible terrible sad truth of that is um the physical copies of the third dnd movie are basically only available on ebay and here i am holding the last copy that was for sale on ebay wow you uh, that is some dedication to crap okay wait I people know. no pe- people <laughs> People need to know the rest of the truth, though. Uh, what What's the native language of that D&D? Um, it is in German, but it does have English audio on it. It was only released in America and in Germany. <laughs> so, like, you can oh go in God. and look here. I, I'm holding it up. The, you at home won't be able to see this, but uh, Ash and Randall can. It came inside the DVD case with a little sticky note. I realize that's reversed on the video, so it doesn't do no, you any no, good. No, but it, no, it, it, it's, I can see it, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it says, uh, hey, here's the German words you need to click to turn on the English audio. Awesome. I love, <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, I, I saw yep. that it said, like, Don Schurkoffen or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Ash, I know you well, spoke German. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's drag ourselves back to the present day uh, out of the Wayback Machine. And I think if we take an ad break, that'll give us just enough time to return to the sane world of today. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Oh no, we've gone too far. <laughs> the world, today, we're back to today, but it's not sane. What have we done? Yeah, I'm just, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we had President Hamacho. <laughs> okay, so All I, right. I, I, I want to ask a question before we start talking about this movie and what we're hoping for it. What do we think could have been done better 
Like, is there one thing that we could pick out that could have been better? I have, without seeing it, no. <laughs> I don't know what could have been done better. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. With with the previous three movies. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, let's see. So the first movie, uh, the first movie is probably your best starting point because they had a decent budget for it. Like they had like big name actors. They had like bit parts and cameos from some apparently big uh, British theater actors. So they were trying to pull in like, yes, this is a real serious, respectable movie. Um, And like that kind of stuff usually helps, but the story needed to be better. And I think if the, if their big title actor was the like main character instead of the villain, like that might've helped. Um, Also less boob plate would have been great. What boob plate. It's yeah. where the plate morphs to your boobs. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, mean, I could have done without that. It was which uh, makes no sense no. whatsoever. Like if you're yeah. wearing if, if you're wearing armor, you don't want it to, cut, to go morph to the size of your breasts. That makes yes. no sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those uh like seventies era fantasy tropes that uh, went away a very very long time ago probably before this movie was made yeah. and yet still um, it's yeah. still in video games so okay that's fair <sighs> yeah so okay so oh. <laughs> so same thing but more tasteful better like protagonist actors and, and another thing that i'm hearing though is that the story is important so i, I want to use this as maybe a segue into something we will talk about with the new movie i hope they don't feel overly committed to telling us a story we've never heard before. Yeah, I could see that. There are interesting ways of telling us stories that we're familiar with, things that we're comfortable with, that bring audiences in, that still that still feel novel, that get people excited. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not hoping that it's completely overplayed and we walk in and it's like, oh, you know, this is this particular Shakespeare play. But it's gonna be. It'll be one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think doing like kind of a tropey established story is probably fine. Yeah. Like ha- the idea of the monomyth and all that that I barely understand. I'm sure you guys could explain better. I think it would uh, honestly be have been cool if they had just like adapted one of the fifth edition adventures into a movie. Like Dragon Heist or Icewind Dale or <laughs> uh well, if this one does well there's time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and at that point we'd have characters that we're committed to. We'd be coming back for those characters more than anything. And because generally I, I think I like, and I'm comfortable with all the actors and actresses who are starring as protagonist. I think I would come back and watch it again, as long as I have fun in this one. Yeah. Um, you know, you decorate it with D and D, but you don't make it so obfuscated that new people coming in, like people who bring like, Hey, come with me. I'm going to go see a movie. What movie is it? D&D. I don't play. It doesn't matter. Get in here. Let them have fun with it, but still give me some inside jokes because I have to have those because I've, I've spent the time. <laughs> yeah. I want fan yeah. service. <laughs> yeah. Give me fan service. <laughs> Look, uh, we know from the trailers there's going to be a displacer beast in it. Um, I, I've been slowly accumulating D&D monster plushies for my kids over the past couple of years. And like they're they're getting attached to them emotionally. Like uh, my youngest sleeps with a mimic and a displacer beast. And 
today I get to show her a movie poster of the Displacer Beast and be like, hey, kid, we're going to go see this. She's very excited. <laughs> Do you want to bring your plushie to the movie? You know, if I let her, she would. <laughs> And then, of course, there's the owlbear in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's oh. cool, you nerds. Not everything <laughs> has to has to get uh, like adhere strictly to the rules. Okay. I <laughs> I think that druid should have been able to be able to turn into uh, owlbears from the start. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So you're allowed to be wrong. Oh, shut up! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm it's kidding. objectively what? cool. Just it, let me turn it into an owlbear. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like there's a there's a bigger, dumber discussion to have about like, did the D&D design team look at that and be like, OK, now people have to be able to turn into owlbears. So we're not going to allow them to turn into specific animals. So we have to change the druid class and unearth arcana, blah, 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 blah. Like that whole uh, well, that whole discussion. I, we're not going to have that discussion. I think in, it's there in some of the test playtest material. They've been talking about adding owlbear to druid form list. If I recall correctly. I, well, the the current UA lets you turn into a generic beast and doesn't like lets you describe it however you want. Could be an Aarakocra. Uh mm. If you're the right kind of druid, it could be a flaming. I called it an Aarakocra, not an owlbear, didn't I? You, you did. did. Okay, I didn't know where. I thought you were going somewhere. <laughs> no, I mean you could be an Aarakocra that turns into an Aarakocra. Um, I don't think that's how that exciting. works. I don't think that Aarakocras <laughs> would appreciate being called beasts. Uh, no, I, I mean, there's other spells for that. <laughs> anyway, you can be a druid. You can turn into an owlbear in the Unearthed Arcana. That is probably the, the nicest thing I can say about current playtest. That, that is the weirdest yeah. version of the safety dance I've ever heard. <laughs> we can dance if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So Randall stuck a note in here. To remind us, the D&D Beyond has what they're calling the Thieves Gallery, which is stat blocks for all five of the protagonists in the new movie. They're pretty cool. Like they've got some some unique features, so they're not quite like just here is the class stats copy pasted. Like Shank has a Shank Zank. His name starts with an X. How do you pronounce it? I'm gonna go yeah. Sure. Um, that's the problem with fantasy names. Like you use too many X's and apostrophes and things get weird. Yeah, I, I go I would I'd go with Jenk. <laughs> All right. So Jenk, yeah. He's got a cool sword that launches the sword blade at people. It's neat. I kind of want one. Yeah. I, I get the feeling the way they convinced Chris Pine to be in this movie, they didn't give him a script. They showed him this <laughs> art. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah, it's you, quite you, glorious. Do you want to be what, a bard? Like, what does a bard even do? They just sit and play music while their friends fight? Okay, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Look at this art. Uh, and for folks who are like, yeah, I'd like to look at this art, but this is a podcast. We'll have a link in the show notes. I don't know how long it's going to be up for, but in D&D Beyond, you, you can for free add to your library the Thieves Gallery. All right. Well, I think we're at the point where we're going to have to pause here, go see the movie, and then come back and share our final thoughts after we've seen it. And we're back. That sure was a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it was a good movie. Let's be honest. It was, it was a good, really good movie. It was no, okay, actually yeah. <laughs> surprisingly good. Uh-huh. No, I, I, I actually, I, I, I will go so far as to say I was blown away at how good it was. Yeah. Um, so we talked about different things that we would want out of the movie. I have to say, Ash, you won. Okay, we're going to pause for a second. I apologize. This will be spoiler free. 
But we want to describe to you that we liked the movie, that we think you should go see the movie, and we want to give you ammunition to get people who are otherwise like, well, I don't play that game. Doesn't matter. You're going to love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, Randall was right. I kind of called it, uh, and I'm glad that I turned out to be right, which was they did take inspiration from MCU, clearly, from the MCU formula, but they took it from Guardians of the Galaxy, which is what they should have been doing. It was a band of misfits who were kind of a disaster group going on <laughs> like a heist, and it was just so much fun uh if you like guardians of the galaxy especially if you like the first one that would be the way that i would tell people who don't don't really care about DD um to go see it. it's like it's guardians of the galaxy but fantasy and just the main cast the main core cast there's only four of them and they're all really great and just so much fun to watch. The The humor was surprisingly funny. There was at least one scene that brought me to tears because I was laughing so hard. So, <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I really like the cast. Like the, the criticism I've had of Guardians of the Galaxy in the past, and I think I've said this on the podcast, it's, it's very much like it is Quill and his friends mm -hmm. and they go on adventures. This, it's like there is uh, the titular bard and he's, he's actually kind a rogue, I found out. I was like, why isn't he casting any spells? It's because he's a rogue. <laughs> oh, he's absolutely a rogue. Yeah, they, I mean, they they advertise him as a bard and everything solely because he plays the lute. And it's like that, mm -hmm. that is not enough. But anyway, mm. you've got four characters, but it's not like one of them is the main character and then they're friends. Like all of the characters are interesting. They have interesting backstories that they go into. They have like moments of character development throughout the movie where you're like, I am emotionally attached to this character and I'm excited to see things happen for them. And like, it's a well-rounded party. Like they play off of each other very nicely. All of the personalities are distinct and interesting. I don't think there's any weak points in the group and you can just be like, okay, I like these three and this other guy is here. No, they're all cool and like that's that's very much D D. it's for you know depending on the size of your group it's for people coming together and being like we're gonna make some interesting characters and have adventures okay actually you said that he's a rogue so i'm looking at the thieves gallery on D, &D beyond it does say edgin darvis is a bard but the spells that it gives him to cast are friends message charm person disguise self and suggestion so like not a youth. I will tell you, he doesn't cast a single spell in the entire movie. Um, Small spoiler, but that's not really a spoiler. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I I will say yes. Uh, I think all of the characters are really are really good. They bring something different to the table. The one thing that I, the one criticism I have is that Doric was a little bit out of focus. Doric the the druid, she was awesome and I loved her and all of her scenes were just some of the coolest scenes in the movie. Anything, if Doric is the center of a scene, you know it's going to be a good time. But we don't get a lot of her backstory or a lot of like her, her like we get some of her motivations, but it's like, it, it's very lip service. So if they're going to make a sequel, which it looks like they're going to, I would hope that they would give a little bit more focus to Doric because she felt sometimes like she was just kind of along for the ride. <laughs> But she was a great character and I love her. One of the things that I really appreciated is that there were lots of jokes for folks who are fans of the game. Um, 
you know, there there was a bit of discussion about planning and the fact that plans never work <laughs> out uh, and, and a lot of these kinds of things. But it wasn't so on the nose that like we, we brought people to the movie with us who are they're not regular tabletop players or they're not tabletop players at all. None of that was distracting to them. They weren't like leaning over. It's like, what's that? I don't get like, why is everybody laughing? <laughs> because they structured it really well. They did a great job of writing in jokes that even on the surface were funny for somebody who aren't actually on the end. Yeah. And I will say that I think that this is a movie that anybody can enjoy. Like you don't need to know anything about D and D. I think some of the world building might be a little bit overwhelming for people who aren't familiar with Faerun and stuff like that. Cause they throw a lot of terms at you and just kind of expect you to figure it out. I think if you play D and D, you need to see this movie because it is made for you. <laughs> like a lot of the jokes, like especially like, and we'll get into more of this discussion when we talk to the spoiler review later on. But me and B, who I went to go, one of our contributors who I went to go see the movie with, uh, basically we're talking about how you could kind of see how this would be an actual tabletop session and like all of the choices that the player characters were making and stuff like that. And the DM making mistakes and being like, oh God, I forgot to. <laughs> To put charges <laughs> on that item <laughs> um, uh, but uh so there's a lot of um there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff a lot of winks to people who know uh about like the D lore and the mechanics but for people who aren't keyed into that i don't think the jokes are too obscure that they aren't still funny for a person who's coming into it blind yeah they also didn't let mechanics ruin anything like there were certain things where i can imagine some folks being like so i don't think you'd be able to do that twice in a day or something like this like no that's lame it's a film and it's <laughs> awesome we're going rule of cool yeah they could have really gone Bat, like uh, they really threaded the needle really well in the fact that like they could have just really leaned into like the tongue and cheek mechanic stuff like i i was expecting someone was going to make a joke about spell slots at some point i knew it was going <laughs> to happen because it's what i was expecting and it never happened uh which i think was a good idea it was a good decision the jokes are structured in a way that someone who knows what the mechanics behind what they're doing will find get a lot more enjoyment out of it than someone who doesn't but they're still funny even if you have no idea what the mechanic is behind it so i think that was a really challenging uh line they had to walk but i think they executed it quite well i totally agree yeah and then the last thing that I'll say is I, I was saying, I don't care if you give me a story that I've heard before. I, I felt like they gave us something fresh. Like it has mm -hmm. pieces of things that are familiar. You're certainly not going to be blown away. It's like, I can't believe they thought of, of any of this. You're like, no, I can totally believe it. Yeah. But it was fun. And I think that that even lends itself to what Ash was saying before. If you could imagine this story being the campaign that you put together. Yeah. Like hundred percent, this could be just a uh, a one shot or a few sessions that a DM runs. Like I could see how this would be like an actual D and D game. And yeah, like the 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 main conflict is not anything you haven't heard before, but it's the journey to get to that resolution that is most fun, which I appreciated. So. If anything, they got so many tropes in, just crammed them in there. Oh, yeah, no. That was, that's what's so delightful about this movie is that it embraced its cheesy, corny, campy nature. It never once for a second tried to say take itself too seriously. Like, it knew that it was cheesy. It knew that it was campy. And it just embraced that, which is 
kind of how you want to make a D&D movie because D&D is really weird and dumb and stupid and cheesy. <laughs> so trying to make a world where it's like gritty, taking itself seriously, Lord of the Rings kind of stuff, that was never going to be this movie. <laughs> and it shouldn't have been. I, I, um, I'm stealing this from another review headline that I read. So this review described the movie as... Uh, capturing the D&D tone perfectly because it is at the same time deeply silly and deadly serious. Yep. Like the events, the consequences, the stuff that's playing out around them. Very, very serious. Like this, these things are impactful for people in this world and would very much matter to them. But also everything that is happening like moment to moment, still very silly a lot of the time. Yeah. And it does have its moments where it, where it is like more serious. And I think those moments are good, uh, especially because they just kind of lean into how cheesy it is, but also like it, it has a lot of heart and emotionality to it. Um, and you'd think that there would be a tone, a tonal problem in this movie. And I think there were a few spots where there was a bit of a tonal dissonance, but it wasn't that frequent. It was pretty rare. Um, they, they managed to balance the humor with the emotionality pretty well. I like that there was a fat dragon. Oh my god, that was <laughs> so great! I was like, I've never. That is the, the, the if that would if this was a game and a DM was running that, I'd be like, that's a brilliant move. I love that you made a fat dragon. <laughs> it, was, it was delightful. It was so good. The world's largest log rogue. Yeah, yeah. When he started rolling, oh god, that was so funny. It was so funny. All right. So if you are interested in hearing more of our thoughts that have all the spoilers, uh, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. We will have coming out after the movie is generally available a spoiler full review of Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You'll find links in the show notes. You'll find affiliate links for sourcebooks and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on rpgbot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week. Please also consider supporting us on Patreon, where you'll find ad-free podcast episodes, early access to rpgbot.content, content, polls for future content, and access to the rpgbot.discord. You'll find us on patreon.com slash rpgbot. I got the commemorative cup. I'm going to go put it on my shelf right next to my copies of the first three D&D movies. Oh, that's cool. Uh, my, <laughs> friend, my friend Luke, who came with us, uh, got uh, huh, Oreo popcorn. I don't know what Offering at the, the, at the theater. It was actually pretty tasty. You would think so, but it was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs>